0: Welcome to Growth Colony, Australia's B2B growth podcast. I'm Alex Hipwell. Each episode, we bring you B2B founders, CMOs, marketing and sales leaders to find out what makes them successful and what's behind their failures. Today, Shaheen Hoda from X-Growth speaks with Liam Smee, Global Head of Demand Gen, and Tom Russell, Head of Recruitment at Deputy. Now, Deputy is Australia's leading rostering and time clock software an amazing Australian success story and SaaS platform. We're talking about the skills, capabilities and mentality B2B marketers need to land a dream job in this COVID-induced market. The reason we're talking to these guys today is because Deputy has a really high bar when they're hiring people and you need to be really good to get a job there. On that note, let's dive right in.
1: Some people might not be familiar with yourself. Give us a quick background. Um, Liam, let's start with yourself. What's, what's the background? How did, you, how did you land here?
2: Sure, so uh, my background's actually pretty diverse for a, for a marketer. I spent years and years working uh, in digital agencies, but more on the operations and CX sides. My, my first proper job was uh, third level support for AdWords. Back in the days where we still had to sell AdWords using paper flip charts, in case the internet dropped out so i I came to deputy by way of our coo craig harris he's a an old colleague and an old friend and and he'd been chatting to deputy and thought that they could use a little help looking at some of their digital channels and i I started as a contractor right before series a and uh eventually came on full time to to help out and and help sort of build the global function
1: i love it And and i would imagine you you wore a lot of different hats in that process until until getting here what about what about yourself, Tom? Give us a little bit of a background uh, about yourself.
3: Um, I'm another English recruiter. There are many, many of us. I did recruitment for a few years in London, moved over to Australia about eight years ago, and yeah, moved to internal recruitment about four years ago for a small ad tech company called Adslot. Then I m- went to Google, um, and then on to Deputy two years ago. I, I think I thirsted to rejoin a sort of high growth. Uh, tech company. Um and uh yeah it's been it's been a a whirlwind of deputy. It's been fantastic. I, I joined about three months before our Series B raise. So that's that's been a yeah big growth year last year. Um and yeah exciting year ahead as well.
1: I'd imagine I'd imagine all all both of you right before raising capital. So you would uh you would see some crazy stuff I would imagine in the company. Let's dive in when it comes to recruitment, marketing, B2B what Tell me a little bit about what's the process of hiring, what the pr- hiring process looks like at Deputy, especially when it comes to sales and marketing.
3: Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll I'll jump in on that. We, I mean, we have slightly varied recruitment processes for different roles, but generally speaking, we tend to have about a four-part process for any given role. So we start, obviously, we have a recruiter pre-screen. So my, us, myself, I'll speak to a candidate, maybe that I've sourced or someone that has applied him for a job that looks like they've got good relevant skills and experience. So I'll speak to them, do a recruiter pre-screen, get them across, get them booked into that first round interview. First interview tends to be a sort of 30 to 45 minute overview, general overview interview with the line manager or one of the leads in the team, which is, yeah, quite a sort of general overview. And if that goes well, we have a sort of, we often, for sort of software engineers, we have a take home coding challenge. For for other roles, like marketing roles, we have, you know, send them a presentation that they're going to come in and and a challenge that they're going to present to a couple of members of the team. Um, So we have a sort of technical sort of role related knowledge interview. Um, and then we have the sort of final sort of culture, culture ad values alignment sort of interviews with the team and, and the execs at the end. So it tends to be sort of overview, challenge, presentation, final rounds. Um, so that's the sort of general generally speaking, that's the recruitment process that we follow.
2: Interesting. Yeah, I'd say um look from a from a marketing point of view or or you know, that's, that's, a, that's a really good, clean recruitment answer. I'll give you the messy side. You know, for us, a lot of the challenges, the big trick of it is figuring out when to hire, which could be its own whole discussion. I'll, I'll try not to go down that rabbit hole. But a lot of what we do initially before we'd even engage with Tom's team is trying to figure out what what the spec of what we need is going to be what level of say seniority we're going to need, what skill set we're going to need. And then critically kind of more often than not, it's about what this role isn't going to be. Deputies still very much uh, despite you know all the great growth and success we've had are very much a startup. And so the temptation is to sort of have people like pitching in like hey can we get can we get a social manager who can do some email you know and that's not always a smart choice, right You want people who are adaptable, but you need to still set them up for success. And so once we've got a, a pretty clear line of sight on what we think we need, that's when we'll then typically work with Tom's team, have, you know, a couple of meetings, a couple of coffees to give the background, give the context. Uh, generally, I guess as the the stakeholder or the customer for, for recruitment, I've found that a huge key to success is to give as much context and background as I can to our recruiters so that they know, you know, ultimately what I'm looking for. Right, I, I trust them to get me the solution as long as I can articulate the problem clearly. I think the only other thing that I'd kind of add on there to the recruitment process is that, you know, it's working at Deputy is great. I'm not going to lie. It's, it's a pretty good place to work. But again, it's a startup. It's high growth. It's, there's, there's intense days in there and, and there's, there's wins and there's challenges like any other role. And so one of the primary things that we try to do through the recruitment cycle is to make sure that the candidate is coming in eyes open. You know, that they've got as good of an understanding as we can possibly give them of, you know, not not just, hey, what does a typical day at deputy look like, but what's it actually like to work here? What are the kinds of challenges that they're going to navigate? What are the kinds of opportunities that might come their way, et cetera? And so we might augment the recruitment process, that simple four-step process that Tom outlined, by adding in like, hey, come and have a coffee and meet the team. And, you know, the, the recruiting manager might not be there. It could just be an honest chat you know, so that that person could meet their potential peer. It could be come and meet someone who's got nothing to do with the department you're working, you know, come and talk to a product manager or come and talk to, you know, whoever else. And then critically, the other one is come and talk about the culture. You know, a lot of the times, especially what we find is that people who are already in good jobs, and we will headhunt, they're in a good job because they love the culture of where they are. And so their primary pressure point can come down to not just the job, but like I actually want to know what this place is like to work at. And we've had candidates, you know, we've sat down with them three or four or five times to talk through the culture and meet as many people as they can. So the the base recruiting process is is pretty, I guess, uh, I want to say generic, but it's, you know, it's like most other places, but we will bend and shift and move that to make sure that, that the deputy gets what it needs, but also that we're setting that candidate up for absolute success. We only want to recruit once if we can handle it.
1: No, that makes sense. That makes sense. And Tom, you talked about their challenges, and and you know developers would take a project to take home, uh, and marketers would have a challenge to come present. Can you give us some examples of that? Like, what does that what does that look like?
3: What was the, What was the last challenge that was presented to you, uh, Liam?
2: Man, that's that's pre-COVID. It, it's a lifetime ago. I think the one that, you know, maybe not the last one. Actually, in fact, it's definitely the last one. But the one that sticks out to me is when we were recruiting for our uh, current SEO lead. We, we went through a, a few of those presentations and that was, I think it was pretty typical. You know, we normally set people a relatively, I don't want to say generic challenge, but it's a generic enough question, you know? So for SEO, it was like, hey, uh, pick, pick a page on our website or we'd t- tell them a page and get them to give us out their thoughts and notes on what we could do with it. And really, I mean, what we're looking for is things like their presentation skills, their problem solving um, skills, et cetera. Like the actual, as, as long as their answers aren't an absolute clanger and completely wrong, then it'll be okay the details the details aren't the key bit but yeah we we saw some absolute screamers during that seo seo presentation everyone had, everyone had a different take on what we they thought we should do
3: yeah yeah and we like for instance um you know at shahin a, a sort of product marketing uh manager role that we were recruiting recently we we kind of like in the challenge ahead of time we'll give them some you know a scenario of, of some new features that we've just rolled out and we'll get them to say you know a, do a little presentation on how you, you as a product marketer would help Deputy launch this feature in the US market or the AU market, specifically targeting the logistics, retail, hospitality sectors, for instance. So as part of your answer, consider any relevant market or competitor or customer insights, key stakeholders, how you'd work with them, uh, examples of how you communicate the value of depth in the feature of this segment. So there's a few things. We give them some you know key metrics to measure. So we just give them a scenario and then ask them to present how they'd go about approaching that product.
1: yeah so there's a fair bit of work that goes in from their end. it's you know it's it sounds like like a couple of days of like sitting down and properly thinking about it if you if you really want to get the job right to uh to 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 get it who do you usually find that makes it through that process like what are some of the some of the qualities or some of the elements that that they demonstrate in terms of when they come back with the presentation that you like you know what these like they they Tick these boxes? Like, who is that? And you mentioned that a little bit, uh, Liam, when, when you were talk, talking about, hey, their presentation skills. Is there anything else that comes to mind?
2: Look, I think, I mean, and I'll pick up on a loose thread there. You know, we, one of the things we say to the candidates is like, this isn't meant to be work for free. You know, we, we don't want to get into a situation where we're kind of having people lose days working on, these, working on these presentations. They're designed to take about five or 10 minutes of presentation time. And we tell people, look, honestly, probably no more than an hour. Of prep is, is is what we would expect. I guess what we're, what we're looking at, like if we kind of, you know, peel back and go a layer deeper, a lot of what we're looking for is that classic of how did they solve the problem? And you can, you know, especially when you talk about, like, say, digital disciplines or, or different marketing or growth disciplines, you can kind of begin to understand is this person's problem-solving skill set or problem-solving approach might be a better word, is their communication style, et cetera, et cetera, are those going to add something to the team? Because that's really what we're looking for, right? Like someone who can come in, maybe isn't, you know, the most experienced candidate we have in the pipeline, but presents their ideas clearly. They've thought it through. They can field questions. The biggest one is that people who you ask a question and they're like, that's a great question. I don't know, but here's how I'd think about it. You know, that sort of honesty in their communications is going to send a significantly stronger signal that they're probably the candidate that we're looking for. Then someone comes in who's got a really slick, you know, PowerPoint presentation, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, but their ideas become muddled or they've gone down a rabbit hole or et cetera. So for, for us, um, it, it, it isn't just lip service. I've seen some phenomenal presentations especially recruiting in digital like when we get to the pointy end things like adwords optimizers and that sort of thing people who've presented these incredibly detailed like dissections of of the exercise but just haven't been able to articulate their ideas clearly haven't kind of listened to what we've set them up as and then when we started asking them some questions not to challenge or tear the idea down but just like hey help us understand like you you came to this conclusion you didn't really kind of recap how or why talk to us about that and the whole thing has just has just collapsed. So, it's it's really about that problem solving and the ability to communicate clearly is is the key thing we're kind of looking for.
3: Yeah, and um, and Shahin, I'd, I'd sort of back that up with you know we've created sort of um, you know interview feedback forms for different rounds so that we make sure there's not just overlapping questions in every round, but we're focused on on certain areas in different rounds as well. But yeah, that that is that as Liam was saying, that critical thinking and problem solving, creativity. The, you know, their analytical ability and um, yeah, sort of their passion, their intrinsic motivation as well.
1: Yeah. So don't, don't go down that rabbit hole. Don't go build a house of cards with all the bills and whistles. And then, you know, you pull one piece out and the whole thing falls apart because I feel like as marketers, we love to do that as well. We love to build these intricate systems of, you know, all these bits and pieces that and in an interview, it could be very dangerous because you don't know all the moving parts. And, you know, if I, if I'm not a deputy, right. And I'm being interviewed, I don't know what is exactly going on. And if I start to build this thing and all of a sudden moves in a different direction, it could be, it could be detrimental. Have you seen that happening?
2: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's, give us some of the
1: juicy stories.
2: (laughs) I'm I'm not going to, I'm not going to name names, but I've definitely seen, you know, there's no worries with making you know say let's say key assumptions right and we kind of answer on a, on a spectrum right some of the like i've hired people who we've given the exercise to they've pinged us like five or six hours later or a day later whatever the you know, timeline works out to be and been like hey uh listen i don't know whether you realize but there's a hole in your exercise or this doesn't make sense or i'm gonna have to make an assumption or actually can i get some more information it's like fantastic we're looking for a teammate, you know, we're looking, we don't want someone to come in and be this, you know, monolithic hero, who's going to solve all of our problems. We want someone who can come in and ask open and honest questions and, and, and work with us to solve the problem or achieve the goal, as it were, you know, the things where I've seen people go like really kind of, kind of poorly is, um, is exactly what we're talking about where, where people just got stuck in the weeds or they've got kind of one idea in their head. That's the idea that they want to pitch as opposed to just trying to have a conversation we're not we when we're, we're not in the market for that typical like old school like you know SEO guru sitting on top of a mountain like dispensing the wisdom to the to the waiting masses we need people who are really great they're going to work with the team critically they're going to work with marketing stakeholders outside of marketing you know like our product team and like our sales team and and really be kind of a master of collaborative problem solving
1: yeah makes sense
2: so yeah with i i i I refrain from going into the into the juicy gossip but yeah, that, that's that's the key to success, you know
1: <laughs> Well, you know what I was looking forward to some of that juicy gossip but that's fine Lee. I'll let you I'll let you off the hook this time. Let's let's change the topic and talk about getting through the door right that, the early stages. This is a conversation a lot of people are having. I've had this conversation with multiple people in the past six months of you know okay how do I, how do I stand out across the, the sea of sameness? right? There's all these other CVs that are out there. How do I make that first punch count? It's cool that I get in there and I do this presentation. But really, I mean, in a lot of situations, you, if, if you're smart, a lot of the battle is won once you get through the door. You know, If you, if you play your cards right, you have a really good chance. But there's also a massive drop-off right at that beginning where you're like, we are not going to talk to you and we're going to talk to this person. What, is, what are some of the best ways that you've seen people do or you advise people to basically be able to punch through and get through the door and get that first meeting or chat with you um, or someone on the team?
3: Yeah that's the, it's a, it's a really good point. You know, it's how do you stand out from the crowd? And and also I mean I think there's there's lots of wider discussions on you know the validity of the CV as the as the sort of you know, main point of, of analyzing people's profiles. We, we we again we don't want to go on that rabbit hole. We'll be here for a lot longer. But I think you know when so when we um people are applying for roles we're also sourcing for great talent. I think you know we're always creating market mapping documents where we sort of we know some great people have worked for great companies. So if people apply from certain companies, we might go, that's a good skill set match for us in some ways. So we look at the kind of companies they've worked at, the kind of projects they've worked on, um, how they write their CV, how they write their LinkedIn profile. If there's, you know, some people have portfolios of their work that you can check out and things like that as well. But it's, it's also, it's, it's a lot of it's in that initial recruiter pre-screen. So I'm speaking to candidates when, and Liam mentioned, I gave a sort of baseline interview process, but before that, I always conduct an intake meeting with the line managers and the team. So I'll sit down, I've got lots of questions to ask about what the type of person that we're looking for skill set wise, passion, et cetera. So find all those core competencies. And I'm trying to, I'm trying to see those core competencies in people's profiles. And then in that initial conversation, when I'm asking them the questions, I've got that intake meeting notes. I've got our interview process bearing in mind of what we're looking for. So it's, it's really, um, it's, it's the values alignment with deputy that growth mindset, that, humble team player, someone who's driven, someone who's going to be proactive, often does really, really well in an environment like ours and that sort of tech startup. Someone who can work with a sort of half canvas, you know, where some things are there, but not everything's there. So it's really, if seeing people, if, if, you don't have to have worked in a tech startup, that's not what I'm saying, but it's seeing people who have that, when I'm speaking to people who demonstrate that capability of of, of the sort of competencies and that the, the core values that we know works well for us as a deputy. Um, but you're right, it, it's not an exact science. There's no exact silver bullet. No company is completely mastered, always being able to get the best people in and weeding out the ones who are not right. It's It's a constant evolving process and we try and do the best we can.
1: Yeah, because I, yeah, I remember like some of the, so what we specialize in is like getting meetings with really difficult people, right? What, that's what we specialize in our, in our agency. Uh, and, and I feel like in a lot of situations, getting a job is, is the same thing. You have someone very important and you want to make, you want to make a good impression, you want to, you want to get a meeting. And I go talk to people, I'm like, hey, forget about the CV, make a video. All right, shoot a video and send them your video. Like it's it's not rocket science, maybe not now because of COVID, but send handwritten letters, uh, send something, send the direct mail piece there to their office, grab their attention. Have you come across anything like this or are there been examples? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm,
3: I'm recruiting a couple of sales roles at the moment and, you know, we, we love to see someone's writing style sort of an initials sort or of outbound email. You know, sometimes candidates will just send me an email, sort of pitching themselves, and that's part of the job, right? So it's um that kind of thing really does help out. One thing I would say is that I think emails and applications and emails, networking. If you know someone who works for that organisation, if you've got a LinkedIn connection who works for that organisation, if you're a marketer and you knew someone at Deputy. Get them to refer you in. That's that can always help out, and that goes to any company, not just deputy. So that's that's certainly a, a great thing to do. Uh, but do a bit of research about the company. You know some of our um, job applications we have some custom questions you know, if people have put a little bit more effort in than others that can have a play a huge factor but if yeah someone's you know sends us a message oh, i've checked out your website i've had a look at this 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 you know we can we have candidates that sign up for free trials on our website and actually they can write candidate tests instead of the company name and they can actually create a roster and play around with the product it shows that they're keen about us compared to a candidate who applies and goes i'm oh, sorry i can't remember which company you again i applied for so many so yeah. who is this again sorry <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Exactly,
3: and it's, so it's. I, I think also, you know, I, I don't need a long, arduous sort of uh, cover note, but I think when you have a sort of laser-focused application on that role in that company, that's always going to help you out. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of people who sort of apply for roles. Their cover note's very generic, and the see, you know. So I think a follow-up note with your CV, sort of going, I've I've checked out the website, really excited by the role. It, it, you know, and a LinkedIn message. It, it, it's a it's a very good way to start. Liam, what are your thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, it's um, I mean, all of the above. Uh, it's 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 a noisy space, right? And Especially in, especially marketing in Australia right now. It's a really crowded, kind of messy, choppy space to to try and cut through. So I I think you know Tom's on the money. The the few maybe points I'd emphasise or or bear repeating are, you know, the the networking things pretty good. You know, if you can get a referral, that's gold. But the other thing I'd say is, you know, realistically, there's not always going to be an ex-colleague who's now working at Apple or an ex-colleague who's now working at, you know, at Deputy or your favorite startup, whatever the case is. So, but that doesn't mean that, you know, if, you, if you're if you thinking about it, get out there and network, have some conversations. You'd be, A, surprised about who knows who. But, I mean, we, we have someone in the team who, was working agency side and had never worked A, internal, or B, at a startup. And, uh, you know, they they started cold reaching out and they their, their initial question was like, hey, I'd like to work in startups. I, I just want to have a conversation about what it's like. And uh, genuinely weren't looking for a role. They just wanted to learn. And we, we had a couple of really great conversations. They actually uh, went and applied somewhere else, didn't get that role. But then when the opportunity to, to work at Deputy came up, Three or four months later, I was like, you know what? I, I know the perfect person, and so it's as much about being sort of, you know, beginning to understand what you want and being able to clearly articulate that in a cover letter and et cetera, et cetera, as it is about being curious to learn. And then, you know, I guess having having a bit of bravery to to reach out. Those first few, the first few emails or the first few LinkedIn messages are the hardest ones to send, and after that, it gets a lot easier. I think the only other thing I'd kind of riff on from Tom's answer is, you know, when. When I when I'm, when we're looking through, you know, whether it's CVs or whether we're we're rocking like LinkedIn's recruiter mode or whatever it is, what what really helps someone stand out is the way that they talk about, you know, what they've done. And someone who's accrued a lot of skills is not necessarily going to be as cut through as someone who's done a lot with the skills that they've accrued. So you know, I'm interested to hear about impact and outcome. I'm interested to hear about like what have you built, what are the challenges you overcame. You know, being able to say that you did the thing or got the certification is, is good and it's impressive, but a lot of people have that. The standout comes from, cool, what did you do with it? That that helps raise people's heads above the pack.
0: Do you ever find yourself stuck with a B2B problem? Need a second opinion on your next campaign? Or looking for some feedback on that piece of Martech you're thinking to purchase? Well. That's why we created the Growth Colony Slack channel. This Slack channel is like a small dinner party where you get to meet and mingle with B2B professionals, hear what others are doing, and keep up to date with the latest B2B trends and news. You'll also get access to a range of exclusive content from our podcasts, webinars, and events. The best thing about it, it's all free. If this sounds interesting, head over to growthcolony.org forward slash slack and sign up. That's growthcolony.org forward slash slack.
1: What are some of the things, especially B2B marketers, right? Because you mentioned, and you're right, Australian market right now is an an interesting market, especially for marketers. There's a lot of marketers looking for a job. And, uh, you know, I, I wanted to ask, what do you think... What are some of the things that you think B2B marketers put a lot of focus on that they shouldn't necessarily be putting a lot of focus on? One of the things you mentioned was was certifications. Hey, not only certifications, show me what, what you've done with it.
2: What what else is there anything else that comes to mind? Yeah, I mean that's that's a broad question. And it is, I mean, it is kind of contextual, right? Because different businesses are going to value different things. I, you know, but but speaking about let's say deputy. Um, I'd, uh, what we're interested in is, as I said before, we don't need the standalone hero. We need collaborators, and I think that that can be that can be overly focused. You know, we've seen. Especially in the early days when Deputy was really growing out its marketing team, we, we saw a lot of candidates in the early stage of pipeline who had done some impressive stuff, but they'd done it and were, you know, kind of in isolation. And they were very, almost, you know, proud and very adamant that they had been the ones to deliver this incredible, you know, whatever it was. And so I think in terms of, you know, the this, this skill set to focus on for marketers, a big one for me would be communication and collaboration. Nowadays, especially you know, with the with the business reality that we've got during COVID, being connected to your stakeholders, being connected to your team, being connected to your customers, is a critical critical skill for marketers. It always amazes me when I when I meet other marketers who, you know, don't go and talk to their customers. For example, like, that kind of blows my mind. And you know, de- deputy, we're really really fortunate. A lot of our a lot of deputies' customers are hospitality. Uh, businesses so you know I, I've got the double whammy that I can go and get like delicious cafe food and talk to a customer at the same time it's not not always that easy for everyone but but that kind of connection and the ability to communicate is really critical I'd say the other one that's very kind of front of mind and especially with the pressures brought on from COVID is accountability you know to an end outcome is great doing activities is fantastic but increasingly, and it ties to communication. But it's why are we doing this activity, and then critically, what happened as a result, and the skill sets that that kind of necessitate. There's a whole bunch of soft skills around being being willing to be transparent, being willing to be vulnerable, being a good communicator, etc. But then some of those basic, you know, basic skills like understand for us, understand the basic SaaS metrics and what what to use when, have an okay. Excel skill set. And these are kind of fundamental things. And I think 10 years ago, you know, you would have to go out of your way to find a marketer or a digital marketer who didn't know all of this stuff. But nowadays, especially as people are changing industries and people are moving into startup and out of startup and internal versus external and everything, you know, that I'm becoming more aware myself that those aren't universal skills. And so when you think about a company like Deputy and what are the skills that I would say, like, hey, if you're going to be a marketer, here's what you need to think about communication having some of those basic metrics down, and then being able to kind of tie that together into a compelling message. That, for me, would, would be the icing on the cake. Someone who, you know, I talked before about the skills and what you did with them, cool. Tell me about how you solved a problem, what was the revenue outcome at the end of the day?
1: Yeah, revenue outcome, I love that. Um, I mean, you mentioned a few things, you mentioned the, the whole co- concept of accountability uh, and, and being accountable, which is, which I think to some degree ties to revenue. You know why are we doing this? How is this contributing to revenue or, or brand? But being clearly articulating that you talked about, you know, speaking to customers. I mean, that's a, that's a massive skill of, of being able to extract insights from customers. And yes, I I totally know what you mean by uh, going and having awesome food at, at a at a customer's venue. I remember in the early days when we were when I was doing marketing, we had like these customers who like they were in the in the they had like dried fruits and all that stuff. And they would bring like bags and bags of these. And I'm like, this is amazing. Um, <laughs> these days, like we work with it companies and SAS companies and, I, and I'm like, yeah, we're not going to get no, no, we don't, we don't need a multi-tenanted, uh, you know, like uh, IT infrastructure to be delivered to us. So uh, yeah, so yeah. Totally know what you mean. That's, that's awesome. And, and yeah, SaaS metrics, Excel, 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 Excel skills, those are those are all valid points. Last thing that I want to ask and, and I want to put this to both of you, what do you think what do you think about whole this whole movement of personal branding, right? Of of like building your own brand. How do you look at that from from the lens of recruitment? Yeah. I mean, I think it's it's
3: fascinating. I mean, if you're talking about, it depends which roles you're talking about as well. I mean, you know, some roles it's easier to put like a portfolio of work up than it is other roles. You know, designers typically have their design portfolios there. Developers can have a sort of a, a link to their GitHub. So, you know, different roles, it's a little bit different. I mean, I think it's you know it's fairly critical to have a you know an up to date and and, and well written LinkedIn profile in a, in a lot of professions for instance, and um, especially in sales and marketing. I think that's a it's a really good starting point. Have a really good sort of tight LinkedIn um have a well written cv but i think you know personal brand is crucial you know people who i've recruited for deputy i've gone onto meetup.com and i've looked at all the meetups that have happened and looked at who spoke at those events oh someone spoke at an event they must be really passionate must be com- confident and i've 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 recruited people like that so you know, if you suddenly you start writing a few blogs for your company, you can. You know, I, I want more more engineers at deputy to write blogs, and you know, if people go, oh, there's there's thought leaders at that company. I, I really want I want to be there. People want to be surrounded with other talented people. So you know, if you're doing that kind of thing, it's 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 great for your profile, and of course, it adds it adds massively to your chance of getting a role. But I think you know on top of what Liam was saying earlier so that movement away from just skills and experience interviewing and competency based interviewing it's it's important to show what competencies you're demonstrating in an interview process and in your sort of personal brand because you can there's there's more cross training from one job to an, another than there ever was before that you didn't get cross training between jobs previously so showing the the sort of competencies that you have you know you see a customer success manager becomes a product manager for instance so Trying to sort of have an online profile that demonstrates capability and competencies, as well as just the skills and experience that you've worked with, it really, really does help you land
1: roles. Uh, Liam, what are your thoughts on personal branding and marketers? I mean, the reason I bring this up, right? Because I feel like a lot of the stuff that goes into the personal branding bucket is marketing stuff. And I sometimes feel like, you know, you as a marketer, hey, make sure you have your optimized LinkedIn profile, make sure you have your website up, make sure you, you know, are you writing about stuff? That's where I come from, but I would love
2: to know, like, do you agree with that? What What are your thoughts on that? I mean, I agree with you. I think I've got a really, probably pretty conflicted view on it. You know, it's, um, I've got I've people who I'd count as friends who have, you know, have incredibly well curated and really, really effective public branding. You know, they, they travel the world doing speaking gigs, you know, and, and talking about their specialty because they're good at it and they've spent a lot of time working on it. I also know a lot of really incredible, not only marketers, who consider that to be, I don't know, in a gray zone. You know, they'll be like, oh, like, it's a, bit, it's a bit, try not to swear here. But you get what I mean, right? That's, yeah. They don't look at it favorably. Um, it's and, so, it's and so It's ta- a bit Yeah, a bit, a bit tacky. tacky, salesy. Yeah, right. yeah. Yeah, thank you, Tom. Good rescue, yeah. So I think, you know, for, for me, I I don't, you know, sort of, pass judgment on it. It can certainly help get attention. Even when you're at a company doing that kind of thing can help build a recruitment pipeline. You know, the 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 times that I've been involved in something, you know, in a more public forum, it generally then will be easier to parlay someone in that audience into an interview, you know, or something like that, strangely. So I I, I think it has utility. I think it's it's good. If if people want to get into it, go for it. It definitely does help. I don't think anyone would, would reasonably be able to argue that it didn't help. I think the trapdoor in it for me, and in my experience, has been it's got to be genuine. You know, it's not, it's um, not the
3: be-all and end-all, is it? No, it's
2: yeah. And and I mean, I've I've met people and and been super excited to meet them. I was like, man, I, I you know, I've read their blog or I've I've watched their videos and or heard them on a podcast or whatever it is. And then you meet them, you're like, wow, like you're not what you appeared to be. And you know, from a recruitment point of view. You know, if you're thinking hey i need to build up my public profile because it's going to help me get a get a job or build a sustainable career it can absolutely do that but it's still got to be genuine you know i i can't tell you the amount of people that we've met recruiting for deputy and there was just a a, a, a values mismatch or a you know they they were undoubtedly good at the job but but culturally in terms of, you know, they're fit for the team and they're fit for the company, it was just not going to be a good match. And as I said, it's not that makes them a bad person or us better people. A bad match means it's not going to be a happy relationship and they're going to have a bad time working for us. So I think that's the trapdoor. door is if, if, if people who do that, if they're going to do that, be genuine present what, what i'm the ones i love and and the people who i think do it really well are people who bring their personality to the fore you know like i mean the famous example everyone would know is like mark ritson right he's undoubtedly like the expert in so much of what he talks about but anything he does you would you are left with no misconception about the kind of guy he is what kind of views he has etc cetera, etc cetera, which is not going to be attractive to everyone but it's genuine you know, That's and that is, that becomes That's powerful it. in its own right. You're right. You're right.
3: It, it certainly won't. Personal brand won't get you a job. Like you, it, it helps you. You mentioned it earlier, Shahin, sort of getting your foot in the door. But um, you know, you've got to you've got to sort of display those competencies and pass an interview process. Um, whatever your sort of your LinkedIn profile says.
1: Yeah. No, that makes sense. What last thing? Give me one advice you have for somebody who's right now in sales and marketing was looking for for a job what would be your advice to them and and you know in b2b my
3: um my advice to them would be my my method for looking for roles is leave no stone unturned that would be a mantra of mine you know some people go oh i'm applying a bit on seek applying a bit on linkedin I've had a little look at Glassdoor. I've sent a few emails out. See it like it's a full-time... See job searching as a full-time job. So, you know, start your day at 9am and try and go on till 5pm. You know, writing, whether it's writing cover notes, you know, tailoring your CV, laser focusing each application in, sending LinkedIn messages to recruiters, looking up if you've got connections who work at that company, asking to be referred in. There's so much you can do, you know, whether you're, you're seeing your downtime, oh, how can I upskill myself? Can I, do a, um, can I do a certification? Can I do a little course here and there? That's part of your personal brand as well. So my, my advice would be work really hard, leave no stone unturned, get a lot of applications out, get a lot of referrals out, reach out to your network, people you've met at events, friends of yours, people in the community, get word out. I think some people, when they're out of work, there is um, a natural human sort of nervousness to it where you kind of don't want to put yourself out there. And and I, I see it with a lot of people. They sort of go, oh, I know, I, I'm not looking for work at the moment. I'm, I'm doing some house renovations or I'm just relaxing and taking a break. And if you say those things to try and sort of sit, uh, feel better about yourself being out of work and, and there's nothing wrong with being, you know, it's, it's happened to all of us is it means that other people aren't sort of there fighting to try and find your roles as well. I, I'd be... Try and be as humble and, and open about the fact that you're looking for work, and your whole net will get your whole network onto it, and that people will really go to bat for you. So, it's develop great relationships, um, and those people will, will help you out as much as they can. And I think that so many people get jobs through through a contact, through a friend of a friend, through networking. Um, so, Love it's it. my my advice would be be open about the fact be open about the fact that you're looking for a
2: role.
1: Yeah, yeah. and be open. No, I got gotcha. you, yeah.
2: Liam. I should have gone first. I should have gone first. I mean, I oh, I'm next to everything. everything. No. Sorry. Yeah, no. No, look, man, I I again I look the reality is looking for a job is hard. It's exhausting. It's demoralizing. You know, it can be such a difficult thing to do. So I'll I'll double down on that. You know, it's it's okay to be looking for a job. It's okay to be in a job and looking for a change. You know, reach out to the people who who you think can help. You know, take them for a coffee, have the conversation. It's a difficult difficult thing to do don't try and do it alone you know because even if you're successful it's just so exhausting and corrosive and it's one of those things like you just can't give up so so you know use your networks use the friends around you reach out if you want to learn about you know working in Y or z industry or company ping them and be like hey can i can i take you for a coffee one morning ask you some questions i'd love to know what it's like to work there and, and just to pick your brain a little bit But do it genuinely. Present yourself as you are and and get your network working for you.
1: I love it. Talking about reaching out. Now, if somebody has more questions, they want to know more, what is the best way for them to uh, hit you up, Liam?
2: Hit me up on my LinkedIn, Liam Smee. I think I am actually just slash Liam Smee.
1: Okay, that's great. And uh, Tom, what about yourself?
3: My email address is uh, trussell at deputy.com. So, trussell, if you will, trussell at deputy.com. I'm the head of recruitment. Um, send, send me an email. You can, you can hit up my LinkedIn. Probably email is a better way of doing it. Um, and also, check our website. If you see any relevant roles, uh, feel free to apply. But yeah, always looking to speak to sort of talented people. So, yeah, hit, hit me up.
1: Fantastic. Guys, thank you very much for jumping on the uh, on the episode. I really enjoyed it. And I'm sure a lot of the listeners would be uh, enjoying it as well. Thank you.
0: Thank you very much, Shane. Thanks so
2: much,
0: man. Hey, it's Alex again from X Growth. Thanks so much for joining us on this episode. If you enjoyed it, we'd love it if you take a moment to rate us on Apple Podcasts. It would really help get the word out to other B2B professionals. If you're hungry for more B2B content, make sure to join our Slack channel at growthcolony.org forward slash Slack, where we share the latest B2B news, tactics, tips, and chat about problems we're facing in the B2B space and find solutions together. That's growthcolony.org forward slash Slack. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you in the next episode.